of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The Ming Hookup on ESPN Lincoln. Welcome back in the morning hookup. It's Thursday. Special thanks here to Keith Moody for joining us on the morning hookup. If you Again, if you missed it, ESPNLincoln.com. Go check out the podcast. Be up right after the show. But let's not waste any more time from our friend out west, Marco D'Angelo, wagertalk.com. Marco, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, just another uh, Thursday ready to bring some winners. Uh, coming off an uh, interesting hockey game last night for me here in Vegas with the misses, and uh, we're ready to cash some tickets. Yeah, how's hockey going? I know I saw like the beautiful post that you always put out when you're at the hockey. Uh, when is it a hockey game? Match game? Hockey? Yeah. Hockey? Game. Whatever. Game. <laughs> well, what are your teams yeah, doing well? Uh, the missus wasn't happy with Marco last night because uh, I had a rather large wager on the other side. Which... <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, okay. five one win uh, for the Rangers last night, and but uh, you know I had to had to have a little economics uh, lesson and explain to her that the Golden Knights don't buy those seats behind the net eleven rows up. <laughs> It's the wagers that, that I make that pay for those. So we got it figured out. Oh, man. Is that one of those where you're like, all right, I got my jersey on. I'm in support right here. But when it gets to like, let's say, I didn't know what the score was. It was 5-1, right? You said 5-1. When it's like 3-0, you're like, okay, now we can like, come on, let's come back a little bit. You start cheering for him just no. a little bit. The problem was it was only one nothing after the first period. Then uh, the Knights tied it up in the second period. And uh, we went to the third period at 1-1 and then uh, – Basically, uh, you know, everything that could go wrong for the Knights did. And, uh, you know, I, I just smiled inside. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there before. All right, Marco, let's rock. We, got, we just got four games today because there's colleges on a little break for a, a week or so. But we'll get back to that. But let's kick it off. Uh, this is a fun little matchup. The Deshaun, yeah. the Deshaun Watson-led Cleveland Browns will be headed to the Joe Cool. Burrow, Cincinnati. Well, you know that uh, Cincinnati treated me really well last week. Uh, we went against Kansas City on the show, and that actually was my top play last week, was that Cincinnati game. And this is the whole reason why we're going against them here. Um, that was such a huge game for the Bengals. Um, I like to refer to that as what you call the uh, legitimizer game. You know, Kansas City was rolling as they always do. Cincinnati was winning, but everybody was saying, who did they beat? And everybody was talking about the playoff revenge from the year before. Well, Cincinnati took care of business in a thriller of a game. Uh, again, a game that goes down uh, with Kansas City to the final possession. Uh, how do they match that same intensity this week? I know this is a division rival. I know they're playing with revenge for being embarrassed on Monday Night Football. But this line's too high. Um, the public is overreacting to the Cincinnati win. And 
Although Cleveland won last week, the narrative out of it was Deshaun Watson sucked, okay? And what did you expect? He hadn't thrown a pass, a meaningful pass in two years. Um, and it had to be tough going back for the first game. It was a nice storyline. His first game back happened to be against the, the old team. There's no chemistry with him yet. But now he's got a second start. Um, things will get a little bit better. They'll have more in the playbook for him. And that running game against the Cincinnati defense is going to help immensely. You've got, I feel, the best tandem in football. I am going to go ahead and look at it, and we've got a stat for you uh, regarding division road dogs. They have been a solid play the last three years in the NFL, but if you take a subset of it, it becomes even better. Uh, When you take a division road dog who won the first meeting so the other team, the home team, has revenge like Cincinnati does here. The division road dog, how about 23-11 and 11 against the spread? That's 67% winners over a three-year period. I'm going to go ahead and do this. And as I said, the Browns should have success running the football. Um, they've rushed uh, the last two weeks for 189 and 174 yards. That's going to carry them here. Let's take the Cleveland Browns, and I'm going to go ahead Go out on a limb. 31-28. Browns with the upset. Yeah! Next game, Marco. We got Tampa heading to San Francisco. Can you explain to me how the hell is San Francisco favored in this game? Well, did you watch Tom Brady really play on Monday night? I know he brought them back and got them uh, the winning touchdown in the waning seconds, as he always does. But for... three-fourths of that game, uh, maybe seven-eighths of that game, Tom was not good, and that was going against the Saints' defense. Uh, This is a team that has struggled to score all year. They're going against the number one defense in points per game allowed, Uh, San Francisco allowing just 15.8. They're number four defensively in yards per play, and they're going to be running that stout defense against the Tampa Bay offense that's 23rd in points per game, averaging just 18 points a game and 27th in yards per play. I know the quarterback, Jimmy G, is out. But this goes into my old theory uh, we like to do in the NFL, really in any pro sport, especially the NFL, uh, where you've got the other uh, 11 guys that are are on that field uh, crank it up a notch uh, to compensate for the loss. It's the injured player theory. Yeah, Brock Prudy come in last week. Um, didn't look great, but didn't look totally terrible either. But you got to remember, he came off the bench cold and running a game plan that was designed for Jimmy G. Now it'll be his start. He has all of the snaps with the first unit this week, and he'll have a game plan designed specifically for him. And even though he came in last week and played the rest of that game, he could say, well, uh, Tampa's got game film on him now. No, because that wasn't the game plan for him. They still don't know what to expect this week. I look for a big effort from San Francisco in this first game without Jimmy G, plus the fact that they've got a game next week with Seattle, the team that uh, is really logistically the only team that can catch them in division. And we'll give you a little stat on San Francisco. The 49ers, after allowing 99 yards or less rushing in three consecutive games over the last three seasons, guess what? They're 9-1 and one against the spread the following week. I'll take San Francisco. Let's call for a 24-13 win on the 49ers. 
Yeah, this next game, I don't know. Who's the quarterback at Carolina? What's Carolina? They still fielding the team. I don't even know. But we got the Panthers headed out to Seattle. This is Sam Darnold's team. Come on. Oh, that's all oh, for him. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Bill. I know it's P.J. Know, and, Walker, Johnny Menzel. I mean, you pick one right now. Well, it's a situation. It is his team by default because everybody else has, you know, proven that they're not an NFL quarterback. But good luck with that. Baker <laughs> Mayfield is going to suit up tonight for the, the Rams. That'll be interesting. I don't know if he gets on the field or not, but they, they say he's ready. He's got the playbook already. Uh, <laughs> we're looking at Carolina, and this is a spot where I actually like it. Now, Sam Darnold's first performance wasn't great. He was 11 of 19, 164 yards passing, but they did score 23 points. They did win the game. Um, they ran the football well in that game, and actually, two of their last three games, they put up big numbers uh, on the ground. They rushed for 232 against Atlanta, three back, and 185 last week against a pretty stout Denver. Now, when I say last week, I should have said two weeks ago because they're coming off a bye week, and that's also part of the reason I like Carolina here. Sam Darnold, that was his first game uh, against Denver, and he went against the good defense, as I said. Now they've had two weeks to uh, get him more acclimated with what they want to run. They can tweak some things. Remember, Carolina fired rule uh, midseason, so uh, it's a new system possibly for Darnold uh, to get familiar with uh, of what they want to do. I think with the extra week, you're going to see a few new wrinkles in this offense this week. And for Seattle, this is what we call a sandwich game. They're coming off of a division game last week. Granted, it's against the Rams, and they're horrible this year, but they were the defending Super Bowl champs, and they're a division rival. And as I mentioned in the last game, Seattle's got a big, big game next week against San Francisco. Classic spot, returning back home with a bigger game next week, and a team that's flying under the radar because because they've sucked all year, Carolina. I think they're a live dog here. I've got Carolina. I'm going to go ahead, take them, plus the uh, four points we're seeing now in this game. I think they can win this game. Carolina 24-20. Their defense has played, for the most part, uh, well um, all season. They've held their last three opponents to 15 points or less. Take Carolina, plus the points. Yeah. Next game, Marco, we got Kansas City heading over to Denver. Well, I don't want to uh, make the listeners unhappy two weeks in a row with going against Kansas City. I'm not taking them either here. We're going to look at the total, but I do feel Kansas City bounces back and wins this game. Unfortunately, I think the knee-jerk reaction is too many people are going to expect Kansas City just to come in here and roll over Denver, uh, be in an angry mood after dropping that game last week, tough loss, all of that. And although I can't disagree with that, where is the incentive just to blow out Denver? I know there's a lot of past history here with Kansas City and Denver, but this is a Denver team that has lost four in a row. They can't get out of their own way. Uh, a lot of big things were expected out of Denver this year with the signing of Russell Wilson. None of that has come true, and this offense is absolutely pathetic. Um, they haven't topped uh, 17 points uh, you know, just twice all year. If they gotten to the 17 mark or 17 or over uh that's pathetic and what i see happening in this game is i see kansas city getting a lead in this game and then i see old andy reed 
where we just want to get in and get out. We're not worried about going up and down the field. Why? Because if you've looked at the schedule, Kansas City has had a pretty tough schedule here the last few weeks uh, where they played the game on Sunday night against the Chargers. They had the game against the Rams. Granted, the Rams were all banged up, but... They should have played the Rams in the Super Bowl last year, everybody felt. Now you got to you go to Cincinnati, go cross-country. Now you're on the road for a second week in Denver. This is the middle game of three in a row on the road, and it will be four of five on the road for Kansas City. So with all of that said, this is one of those let's get in, get out, don't get anybody injured. We get the lead, milk it in the second half. What's that mean? Under 44. That's where I'm going. I'm going to call for Kansas City to win this game. Note, Denver this year, 12 games, 11 of the 12 have gone under the total. This is a high total for a Denver game only because it's Kansas City on the other side of the football. But like I say, what does Kansas City gain by running up the score in this one? Nothing. they got to play a second time uh, yet. I'll go ahead, take under. I'm predicting 24-13 for a final score. I don't want to lay the points. We're right around that number of 9.5. This probably gets to 10 by Sunday. But take under 44 for the play. Yeah! Marco, I know they're not on our docket, but I always like to ask you about it. After the bye week, uh, your Steelers, three of the last four, and they're going to get uh, be at home this week in the uh, Lamar Jackson less. Ravens are coming. Yeah, that's a interesting game this week. Uh, I can tell you, you know, sometimes I tell you on the show that uh, we like to use teasers where we add six points to the play. I'll be honest, I'm going to have a ton of Baltimore teasers plus eight and a half because the history of Pittsburgh and Baltimore has always been uh, single-digit games. Uh, these teams play wars. They hate each other. It's going to be the first time for Kenny Pickett in this rivalry. Yes, no uh, Lamar Jackson, but... Really, the last couple games, I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. Uh, he has not played well. Uh, you, you know, at least with, you know, you got Huntley in there. The team is going to be focused to make, again, going with the injured player theory. This is going to be an interesting game. Kenny Pickett is improving, but he's not there yet, and he's had the benefit of facing a couple soft defenses the last couple weeks. This is going to be a big test this week. We'll see what happens, but. The future does look better for the Steelers uh, than it did uh, like after the first month of the season. Hey, Mark, I also want to ask you, obviously bowl season is upon us. Uh, and you guys, I know you're doing a lot of legwork right now trying to get ready for it. I don't know, there's about 198 bowl games these days. No idea, but a um, couple of Cheez-It Bowls these times. Uh, talk about the process through that because obviously I'm assume I would say there's a lot of intangible stuff that you guys will be watching for. Do you take into account like the teams of motivation I brought the fact that maybe Alabama, not in the natty conversation, Clemson, things like that. And you're also probably watching what players are going to opt out. Well, that's the key part. And that's what's really going to ruin the bowl system. I mean, it's already uh, ruined it to a degree. The national championship has become now obviously the only games that mean anything. So uh, these other bowl games now, you know, we've had players sitting out uh, the last few years. Now we throw in a new wrinkle. Not only are they sitting out, but they're announcing their transfer, you know, portal uh, early that they're entering that, which, okay, uh, I abandoned your team. You know, now the team not only has got to deal like – 
you know, before we just had to worry about is a coach jumping during bowl season uh, and what's that going to do uh, to the team. Now you've got coaches jumping, you've got players jumping, you've got games that don't mean anything. So as far as the games other than the national championship where you know all hands will be on deck, you can't really play these bowl games until you're right up close to the actual date of the game because of these type of announcements. You could have one or two players leave, and it results in a three, four, or five-point move on the line, uh, and you don't want to be caught holding a bad ticket at a bad number. So you got to be careful, guys. It makes it that much tougher. At least when we go to the expanded format, there will be more meaningful games. But, again, that's going to make it even worse for the, the games that have teams that don't have anything to play for. You talked about Alabama. That is an absolute big angle that I do look at to take these perennial powerhouses that aren't in the national championship playing for it. Do they show up? And that's going to be a question for Alabama. The Clemson one, I think they got a chip on their shoulder because they got screwed going into that final week as far as the committee dropped them, that they had no chance of sneaking in the back door with one of the teams that was actually playing a championship game that weekend. They put them behind Ohio State and Alabama, locking them out of any chance of getting into the playoffs. Hey, Marco, real quick, uh, last week I went to the Vikings-Jets game. It was a great game. Love seeing mm-hmm. that stadium. And as a Vikings fan, they headed to Detroit. And can you explain to me, how are they underdogs? <laughs> uh, you know what? I do a lot of shows with actual bookmakers uh, here in Vegas, and I did one yesterday. That was my first question. I said, tell me what went into making the line on this particular game. And it is one of those things where, for one, Detroit is playing very good right now. The, the team is gelled. They're buying into Dan Campbell's system. And Jared Goff, believe it or not, is putting up big numbers. The problem is all of the sharps here in Vegas, a lot of the sharps, are so far down on Minnesota because of their point differential. Um, if you look at the stats of, of Minnesota in the games played, and they're averaging getting out gained by like 50 yards a game, that translates instead of like a 10 and 2 record to they should be more like a six, you know, a six win team. Uh, and they're playing above their number. But sometimes teams just do that for whatever reason. I don't like it. Um, you just squeezed another play out of me because I told you about the Baltimore game and the teaser. Uh, the other half of that teaser is I'm teasing Minnesota up to eight and a half because I just don't see the Lions being able to get separation against Minnesota. I think Baltimore plus eight and a half and Minnesota plus eight and a half in a teaser is a very good play, and it's one that I have already bet myself personally. Love it. Oh, man, such good stuff, plethora knowledge. Margaret, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Again, just t- tell them why why they're missing out if they don't have the app. Yeah, you get all of the shows that we do, uh, you know, and I always talk about Bet On It, you know, which is obviously the show I'm on every, but I guest on a few shows. There's another show that we do Monday through Friday. It's a very good show. We have different guests every day. I'm on there on Mondays. Um, it's called Wager Talk Today, and they cover all the sports. And we do have sports uh, book guys on the show uh, throughout the week. And I filled in yesterday as a host, and I was talking to the guy from the uh, Superbook here in Vegas. 
Vegas at the Westgate, and it's good stuff. And we give free plays on there, and I'm on a 14 and two run uh, on the plays that I give out on that show for free. So, guys, download the app. You got it all in the palm of your hand. Marco, we appreciate it, my friend. Man, take care of yourself, and I uh, hope you have a uh, happy, safe week of cash and tickets. Let's do it, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Marco. Marco D'Angelo. Wagertalk.com right there. Go check him out. Wagertalk.com at Marco in Vegas. You can download the app. And if you missed anything of that segment, like like any segment we have, you want those picks, you got to go to ESPNLinky.com after the show. We'll have them up. Mm-hmm. How about that? All right. When we come back, it's unfortunate, but uh, we'll talk about it when we come back. But we're going to do a little What's Trending segment.